Welcome to Faith and Good Counsel, where we talk about ways to live a virtuous life and all of the things that affect us in our vocations, in whatever state of life we may be in. And now your host, Stacy Galino. Hello there, dear friends, dear listeners. I'm so happy to be back with you again here today on the Faith and Good Counsel Show. I have a lovely show and a lovely guest to offer you today. Erin Franco, the humble handmaid, is back with us today. Hello, Erin. Hi, Stacy. You wrote um, you wrote such a beautiful blog post, and that's what I want to talk about today. You were you were pretty intimate and pretty. Um, forthcoming about some of the struggles that you have and um, I want to direct people to your website so they can look at that post more fully it's at erinfranco.com and the title of the post is really what we're talking about today it's entitled battling insecurity and fear now if you would look at Erin's countenance you would never know you would never know but guess what she's human just like me and just like you and so that's what we're going to be talking about today and hopefully some of what we we speak about today will inspire your heart and comfort your heart and affirm your heart and mind that hey we're not okay and you're not okay but we're all really okay right in Christ Jesus because we're redeemed <laughs> so let's begin Aaron as we always do in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit amen come holy spirit come Come by the means of the powerful intercession of the Immaculate Heart of Mary, your most beloved spouse. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. St. Therese, please pray for us. Amen. Amen. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, Amen. Well, Erin, I would like to say that I'm not a person that battles fear and insecurity and anxiety and all of these things, but I think if we're breathing, then we sometimes have these problems, you know, and certainly as a wound from the fall, from the fall, y'all, all the way back, one of the wounds in the garden is that we don't trust God's love for us, and that from that root and others comes forth a spirit, if you will, or a feeling of insecurity and fear and anxiety and worry. And we all have that. And then we've all, a lot of us have had life situations that um, have kind of poured some gas on that fire, if you will. Um, There are a lot of reasons why we battle insecurity and fear. And certainly our culture turns us very much in on ourselves. And if we're just circling our navel and looking at ourselves and looking laterally what everybody else is doing that by itself causes insecurity and fear and so when I read your post Erin I thought wow we got to talk about this and I'm so glad you were willing to do that so tell me tell me what inspired you to write that post oh gosh you know I I really struggle with this uh, probably a hundred times a week Um, just little thoughts that come into my head oh gosh she's doing that should I be doing that too or, oh, this is a beautiful meal that my friend prepared for us and we go, went over for dinner. Maybe I should have more vegetables on my table. Mm-hmm. Or should I be involved in this ministry at the parish because they asked me? And I guess I technically could, but I'm so stressed out already. So just all of those, all of those questions, am I enough? Am I doing enough? Should I do this? Did I discern this rightly? Am I giving this all of this to my children that they need? Am I giving 
my husband what he needs, just all of these questions that are good questions. And I think a lot of times they come from the heart of a good woman, a good person wanting to do her best. And that's certainly the case for me. But of course, I think there's a little bit of keeping up with the Joneses in there. Absolutely. And it's, it's, uh, it's just something that I think a lot of people deal with. And I think it's a good thing to talk about and a good thing to share kind of battle strategies for. Absolutely. And that's what we're going to do in the second half. We're going to talk about some of the tips that you've discovered to kind of help calm your mind and calm your spirit through our faith, through the gift of what our faith offers us. And that's why I'm so I'm so grateful to you for being honest and just putting it out there and being vulnerable to share a bit of your heart, a bit of your experience that really, Aaron, if if truth be told, we all struggle with. And it's it's just a reality. And I think it's, you know, it might just be my surmising this, but it seems to me that it's even more and more and more in this particular culture, in this particular time that we're living in. And I've said this before on the show that um, I don't remember the statistics anymore, and maybe they've changed a little bit, but we are the the most prosperous, quote-unquote, nation on the earth, and yet we are the most depressed and anxious by evidence-based statistics, okay, which should tell us something. Okay, it should tell us something. If we're moving ever more towards a secularized culture, which the self is God, whether you intend it or not, that's the, the ultimate outcome. That is anxiety-provoking, and that's fear-provoking. And, and so I was so pleased um, in your humble little way that you offer, which is why I asked for St. Therese's intercession today, one of the reasons, because you just remind me of her in her, the little way that you're trying to show your heart out of love for others. So what, you know, tell me um, a little bit about being vigilant about patrolling your thoughts. That's one of the first areas that you touch on in your blog post. We have got to be so vigilant about patrolling our thoughts. And one of my favorite Bible verses is the one where it says that we have to take our thoughts captive, take them captive to Christ. And you know why? Because uh, in another verse, I think it's first, first Peter, I think it's First Peter. We've got to remember that the devil is prowling around like a roaring lion mm-hmm. seeking someone to devour. Mm-hmm. And that means he's prowling around our heads. Mm-hmm. That means he's putting little thoughts of insecurity and fear in there and, and anxiety in some cases. And he wants us to be so self-centered and so worried about what we might be doing wrong or what we should be doing that we take our eyes off of Christ. Right. And he does, the Lord always asks us to keep your eyes on me. Keep your eyes on me. And I have to constantly remind myself. And you know what? It becomes actually easier to do that because the more that you keep your eyes on him, you just do it, you know? Mm -hmm. And that alone, without any other effort, really quells a lot of this kind of thought, you know, fights in your head about the what if game and who's looking at me and, and, you know, she has more veggies on her plate, like you said, or mm-hmm. she brought more veggies to the dinner, wh- whatever it is. Another point that I was thinking about as you were speaking, indeed, the devil can play with our thoughts, but it's not just the devil. It can be, it's certainly our own concupiscence from the fall, but also mm-hmm. our temperament, our personalities, our early life experiences, maybe, you know, current experiences um, kind of turn that fire up on our 
anxiety. So there are all these things at play. And if, you know, you're a deep thinking person already, some, some, there's a little anxiety sometimes that, that's embedded within that. It's not a bad thing to be a deep thinking person. But we can kind of keep ourselves captive with asking why is this happening, why, and trying to split all of the hairs about why am I having this thought and why am I having that thought, then that becomes almost an obsession. Mm-hmm. When really it doesn't, I don't want to say it doesn't matter because it, there's, there's some, some good in knowing the whys, but it almost doesn't matter because <laughs> the redemption can't come from us circling our minds with these thoughts and playing the what-if game and the if this, then that game. Redemption comes from Jesus, the divine physician. And so I can speak from personal experience through a lot of stuff, okay? I'm just as broken as everybody else. Keeping your eyes, I'm looking at the crucifix right now, and Christ says, keep your eyes on me. And it is amazing the healing that comes just from that. But I know there are other things, Aaron, you know, that, that you speak about. Um, we, we put people on pedestals, don't we? And it's really kind of a self, I don't know, serving thing. We're sort of looking, maybe that's not the right word, but we're kind of looking in where we're really comparing, aren't we? And comparison is the thief of joy, right? We've talked about that. Talk about people on pedestals. I think it's very easy to put other people on pedestals and think they have it all together and I don't have it all together. And boy, social media can really fuel that, right? Pinterest and... They can. And I'm a blogger. Right. So I so what I put out there is not the full picture of my life. What I put out there a lot of times is encouraging and affirming because that's the ministry that that God has given me to put out there. But it doesn't mean that it's all sunshine and roses on my end. Mm -mm. And I know uh, there's been there have been times in my life when I've really been suffering. I've really had a hard time. We've had some invisible crosses that my family or I have, have been dealing with, and nobody would know it. They would just right. see, you know, beautiful family and marriage and, you know, a nice 20-something girl, and she's doing a blog and a podcast, and they wouldn't even know what was going on behind that. That's right. And there's always, I can tell you, there are always things going on in other people's lives. We see these glossy magazines and, and beautiful pictures on social media, and we think, they have it all. They have it all. But I tell you, I know this from my professional work, behind those masks, which, which it's a good thing to be able to, we, don't, we can't just sit in the corner and suck our thumb all day, right? I mean, we have to, it, there are always joys and sorrows going on, and we have to, you know, put one foot in front of the other and do what we got, we got to do, right, Erin, which is what you're doing in your blogging work and your podcasting work. But that does not mean that we have it all together behind that shining face. There are sorrows going on, but we, as Christians, pick up our cross and we carry it each day with the help of the saints, with the help of our prayer, growing in our faith, growing in intimacy with Christ, nailing these things to the cross in union with him so that we grow in our virtue. That is the way, y'all. That's the way. That is the way. So, you know, the thing about pedestals, they're very uncomfortable. You know, especially, Aaron. I don't know if you've encountered this, but I've encountered people thinking that I had it all together, too. And, boy, if you only knew, okay? So, yeah, so you go to my StacyGolino.com, and you see that big smiling face, which makes me a little uncomfortable, I have to say, but I was told I had to do that. Okay? <laughs> I know what you mean. You know, it makes me very uncomfortable to, you know, I don't have it all together, but I am trying. 
And that's the thing. I love that quote. I don't have the exact quote in, in my my head. I need to memorize this one, but it's from Thomas Merton. And he speaks about, it starts out, oh my God, I have no idea where I'm going. And it goes further and he talks about, but his desire to please God actually pleases him. So that's another way of saying, keep your eyes on Christ, focusing in on what we're supposed to be doing, which is not looking at everybody else, putting other people on pedestals or worrying about the pedestal that somebody has put us on, or they think Mm -hmm. they know what our lives are like, you know? So, yeah. So when we come back, Erin, I know you have developed some tips and some, um, some good methods for helping keep your anxieties and your fears and your worries at bay. It is a lifelong journey, girlfriend. I hate to tell you, <laughs> but it gets better. It gets better and it gets easier. So when we come back, we're talking today with Erin Franco about battling fears and insecurity. Great blog post there at her uh, website, erinfranco.com. We'll be right back on the Faith and Good Counsel Show. I went to church and just sat there and listened. I really didn't absorb anything. I think I just found myself believing that I didn't need God. I just had everything under control and church was actually a a burden to me. I had this sin that I carried in my heart for a long time. And I told myself for many, many years that the Lord wouldn't forgive me for this. When, When Father in the confessional says, your sins are forgiven, There truly is a a feeling of of weight lifted off. I don't care if it's two or three little sins that you're carrying, there's a feeling of I can breathe deeply again. I feel pure inside and and I'm ready to come to Mass. You can have a beautiful car, a big fancy home. If you don't have Christ in your life, there's an emptiness that's there. When you come home to to the church, you're coming home to a Catholic family where people today just embrace you. If you've been away from the Catholic Church for whatever reason, we invite you to take another look. Visit catholicscomehome.org today. Catholic Community Radio is a 501c3 nonprofit organization, and your financial gift is tax deductible. We are here for you, but we can't do it without your help. Log on to catholiccommunityradio.org today. Are listening to the Faith and Good Counsel radio show. I'm Stacy Galino, your host, and I'm sitting here with the lovely and getting very pregnant and even more beautiful Erin Franco. I'm so excited. I can't wait to see the new baby Franklet coming relatively soon. How are you feeling, Erin? I'm good. I am really blessed. I was telling Stacy earlier, I am blessed to be a stay at home mom, and so. I've been able to slip in little naps here and there because being tired is really the biggest thing for me right now. Yes, exhaustion with those three gorgeous children and being a wife and a mom. And and the days are very full, aren't they? Very. They're very full. And you know what I've learned is that they're always full. They just are different because I'm in a different season. And someone asked me the other day, you know, what is it that you do all day? And, um... I mean, I'm asked that a lot. And sometimes I can give specific things. And other times I say, you know what? I don't know, but I do it all day long. You know, when I go to bed and I'm exhausted, I'm ready for the next day. I wake up, the sun is shining, I'm ready to go again. You You have your to-do list every day. Absolutely. So, absolutely. Well, you know, I'm loving the topic today, Erin, because this is a struggle 
I think so many have, including myself. You know, just because you have letters behind your name does not negate your humanness. You know, and uh, many of us therapist people are very wounded people ourselves. I would have to say all of us, if you look at scripture, I mean, every one of us is going to have crosses. And, and that goes for you know, bloggers, too. Just because you have absolutely. a website <laughs> doesn't mean you have it all together. Yes. Trust me. And if you're pretending that you do... and. Mm, that's another whole other story. You don't, we don't. And, and I think the intentions are, are good with most people out there, especially in our, our Catholic, our Christian world that are sharing and, and being vulnerable. And that can be a scary thing to do, Erin, in this world where there are, as they term them, people who troll mm-hmm. just to smite you, just to smack you. And that is just you know, but anyway, it's something that's very uncomfortable and a little frightening when you put yourself out there and you, you make yourself vulnerable and someone can come and smack you with a really nasty post, which is very unkind. Well, let's say that. And so we should remember those people in prayer and, you know, we just have to pick, you know, dry our tears and keep moving forward with what we know God is calling us to do. And earlier in the show, one of those things that God's calling us to do is to take our thoughts captive. And that's one thing that you were talking about. But I was curious about how you do that. Because just that, you know, we do have to operate from our will and from our intention, our free chosen will to take our thoughts captive. But just our own actions alone are not enough. They have to be. We were created in communion and in relationship and they have to be done. In order for it to be really effective and lasting and abiding, it has to be done with grace, would you say? Absolutely. It's The way that you take your thoughts captive is going to be different in every situation, and it's going to be just a partnership with the grace of God that needs to happen in that situation. I'll share, though, that for me, uh, several times, I have been going to bed at night, and I've just had this pounding thought in my head, fail. Today was a fail, a fail, a fail. I was so discouraged and so disheartened. And I just wanted to erase that whole day out of my life. And uh, I couldn't sleep. And what what really helped me was when I reached a turning point in my spiritual life, when I realized that discouragement like that is not from God. Absolutely not. And And the grace in that moment for me was that the Lord sent me a little prompt to just, I just started laughing. I just giggled and I said, oh my goodness, this is not from God. The devil's totally keeping me up from sleeping. (laughs) And, And then I got a little bit mad and a little cheeky and I said, I said, Satan, you get out of my head and you go back to New York, you know where, because I need to get some sleep for my babies. Amen, sister. Kind of reminds me of St. Teresa of Avila. You know, she would actually, if, if I'm recalling correctly, she is the saint that would act, the devil would actually torment her much like he did St. Padre Pio, and visually mm-hmm. she would see him, and she got to the point in her sanctity where he would awaken her from sleep, and she would turn over and she'd go, oh, you again? And turn over and go to the devil. Okay. <laughs> so we, we have a ways to go, I think, to be to that level, but I, you know, sometimes myself, I don't find it so much at at nighttime, but maybe just during the day, because I'm always thinking about if this, then that, if this, then that, if this, then that. And when it, when it becomes, sometimes that's very good that I have to get to that place in order to execute some work that I'm trying to do or whatever. So there, there's good in that kind of logical thinking. 
But when it leads to, as you mentioned, Aaron, discouragement, um, a loss of peace, um, mm-hmm. irritability, whatever it is, you learn to stop yourself. You go, whoa, 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 wait a minute. You know, and, and again, that keeping your eyes on Christ, who teaches you what it is like to be in union with him, you recognize when you veer off from that. Mm-hmm. And so for me, I will immediately stop what I'm doing and I will start saying prayers. I will say Hail Mary. I'll say the St. Michael you know, prayer. Um, it, it just depends on what Jesus, I trust in you. I will, I will begin saying the Divine Mercy Chaplet and it, or the Rosary. I mean, it, it, sometimes it takes a longer prayer time for me to stop whatever that is because I, I, I have struggles in my life, and some of them are pretty serious, and it takes, it takes heavy-duty spiritual warfare, y'all, sometimes to stop those thoughts. But what I want to share with you is that they do. Mm-hmm. They stop. And listen, no amount of me trying to do it by myself, okay, I'm just going to divert my thoughts. Before by you know sheer it. It's force of will. It's your force of will. And, and there is the will. Mm-hmm. But it's the the will is oriented towards cooperating with God's grace, not oriented. I'm going to stop my thoughts right now. Ready, go. <clears throat> you know mm-hmm. that doesn't work for me. I don't know. Maybe it works for some of y'all, but it doesn't work for me. Mm-hmm. So, well, I know you have some more tips there, some more uh, strategies, really, that you have learned, Aaron, that really help you in your battle as you are where you are in your season of life, battling fear and insecurity. Mm-hmm. I'll never forget the time that I was in adoration at Our Lady of Mercy, and I was boohoo crying in my heart to God about this or that. That's and Southern then, for really crying a lot. <laughs> Bad crying. And, um, and I did that thing where I opened up my Bible and I said, okay, God, go. I just need you right now. And not that I recommend that, but I, that's just kind of where I was at the moment. And he can receive that, honey. But he I, can receive that from us. <laughs> But in that in that moment, I opened up my Bible to I believe it was Psalms, and the the first thing that my eyes lit upon was, uh, do not forget the works of God from of old. Do not forget the mercies of God from of old. Mm. And it just struck me: where have I been in my life, and where am I now? Look at what God has done for me already. He's gotten me through this and that and that. I am light years ahead of where I was two years ago or 10 years ago. I can't forget that. And we can't forget what God has done in our life, what he's done in our world or in our families or um, in our spiritual lives, in our hearts. If we let our memory fade of what God has done for us, we can't bring that forward and we can't use that as hope. You know, that's part, that's part of the hope that God gives us is all of these stories in the Bible of what he did for the Israelites, what he did for the, for, um, the apostles and the saints and all of these characters. He doesn't want us to forget that he can do miracles and that he's done miracles. Amen. And you're talking so beautifully about a topic I spoke recently with Dawn Eden about healing our memories. Some of our memories are not good, Aaron, but when we place them in the wounds of Christ and in light of our faith— um, and so much more. There's healing there that we must connect to in order to do just what you're speaking about. That remembering is so deep and important to our healing and to the to be the balm for our current insecurities and fears and worries and as we move forward. And there's just so much growth and richness there that's possible. So to remember those situations and our backstory, our backstory all the way to Adam and Eve. There's a push in our culture to cut us off from that. And I, I 
oppose that 100%, but we're getting off topic. I want to hear some more of your strategies. <laughs> My very favorite verse recently to go back to when I'm struggling with, did I discern this right? Am I, am I giving my family enough? And should I be involved in this or pull back or whatnot? When I'm asking for wisdom and guidance, and it's really coming from a heart that wants to do the Lord's will, and I don't know if I'm doing it, I go back to Matthew 7, 7, where he says, For every man who asks receives, and he who seeks finds, and to him who knocks it shall be opened. Or what man of you, if his son asks him for bread, will give him a stone? Right, right. And we look at our children through the eyes of a mother. And if our children ask us for bread, would we give them a stone? Mm-hmm. And God, our Father, loves us even more than we are capable of loving our children. This is what you're speaking about here. Absolutely. Trust. And I don't know, we don't know if we've discerned every single thing perfectly just because we've asked. We don't know if we're exactly doing the right thing. But again, like Thomas Merton reminded us, it is so pleasing to the Lord that we have a desire to do his will and to be on the right track. And if we ask him for guidance and wisdom to come into our families, come into our hearts, he's going to do it. And we have to remember we have a good, good, good father, and he's going to give us um, what we ask for. Isn't there a song, The Good, Good Father? There is. I I linked to it when I wrote this post eventually. Uh, It's by Chris Tomlin, and it's beautiful. My spiritual director actually played it for me Mm -hmm. when I was in his office fussing about this and that, and I'm so worried, and I don't know, and and he played tied that. Tied in knots, tied in knots. And, um, do you ever feel tied in knots? <laughs> I do, and I, and I go in a spiritual direction, and, and he's like, you know, the Lord told me to play a song for you today. Here you mm. go. And he didn't even know wow. what I was going to be talking about. It's amazing. And that, my friends, is cooperation with grace. The Holy <laughs> Spirit right there. That's amazing, amazing. Mm-hmm. Do you remember some of the text of that song? Um. You're a good, good father. It's who you are. It's who you are. It's who you are. And I'm loved by you. It's who I am. It's who I am. Oh, yes. In the day and time when we're Mm -hmm. questioning who we are as human persons, evermore being split away, trying to split away, split us away from who we are as human persons. I'm going to have to look up the lyric. That's the thing about music. That's one way to battle fear and insecurity. Just the power, the beauty of music beauty of music there's a psalm I I can't remember which one it is but it speaks about God and one of his names is beauty with a capital B and one of the ways he expresses himself to us in a way that can pierce us sometimes when words cannot is music and so I love the use of of music is there any other tip in our last couple of minutes here that you are another strategy that you could share with us I would say uh, pray with Mary when you're insecure, when you're fearful. She says in her Magnificat, He who is mighty has done great things for me, and holy is his name. The Lord has done great things for all of us, even just you know the basics of our redemption, our salvation, and that hope. So look back on your life and see what great things he has done for you and have hope that he is going to untie all of those knots that you're working through, and he will help you navigate all of the craziness of your life and our world. Amen. Erin, thank you so much. It is such always a gift to have you here with us and you're a precious heart. And I thank you for your yes to the Lord every moment of every day. And I know it is a struggle. We all have that struggle. I have it myself, but um, we're called. And Our Lady is our model of femininity 
thank you, Our Lady. Thank you for your yes. You know, brought Christ into the world. And my dear friends, um, I want to say, take us out with a prayer today. Um, and Aaron, please join me in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Lord God of time and timelessness, you order all things according to your wise designs. Grant us discerning hearts, trusting hearts, hearts free of anxiety, that we may know and love and serve your plan through Christ our Lord. Amen. God bless you all. Until next time here on the Faith and Good Counsel Show, Fox Christie. Bye-bye now. Faith and Good Counsel is a production of Catholic Community Radio. 